0: Thank you Thank you all very much um, Thank you for the, indeed leading us in that privilege of coming before God together um, To uh, encourage, support, and, and challenge one another To sing of God's praises And uh, confess and receive and celebrate anew That forgiveness that we have in, in Jesus um, It was a couple uh, A couple weeks ago, that uh, Pastor Dennis passed on a a video of Francis Chan, who's a pastor, a well known author, and a, a Christian minister in the United States. Um, and, and he was telling um, really about the, the, the ultimate purpose of the church. You know, the ultimate purpose of the church is to, to make disciples, you know, to fulfill the Great Commission. It's the end of, of Matthew where it says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have taught you. And so Francis Chan tells a a, a story that sort of compares sort of family dynamics with maybe church dynamics and how we relate to God. And he uh, said, you know, let's just say that I tell uh, my son um, uh, to go clean his room. I, and my, my son then tells me, oh, dad, I hear you. Yes, you want me to clean my room. Well, first, let me just thank you. Let me just thank you for being such a great dad. Thank you for providing me a room that I need to, to clean. And for, for food and for all that we have, thank you so much. And I, I ask your forgiveness that I haven't cleaned your room until this day. But, but thank you. Yeah, that's, that's my son. Back there, love you too. This is this is just an illustration, son. This is this this is this is not uh, this is not uh, come from this is not character acting. Yeah, this is. And uh, then the next day, all right? Um, you know, meet with your son. So, how, how how's it, how's it going? Oh, dad, let me thank you. I have I have spent time meditating on your your word to me to to go and, and clean my room. You know, I've I've taken time to understand the meaning of each word and, and, and parsed every verb and, and declined every noun and, and I, I've even looked at the, the original terms of the, the, the Germanic and, and Latin meanings of the different words and understand perfectly what you would want and have even shared with others what you have told me to do. Did you clean your room? You get the point that he's making. Quite a humorous reminder of the purpose of the church is to help one another obey Jesus. And that that on our own, we don't do it. And, and as, uh, uh, as Bev was saying, you know we just sort of we can dance all over the, the place, on the stage, outside of God's view, but our purpose as church is to encourage support and help one another, to hear what Jesus says and then go do it in the midst of our fallenness, in the midst of our brokenness, in the the midst of all of our our selfishness and our desire to do our thing instead of God's thing, the, the help, the purpose of the church is to help one another to do what Jesus tells us to do. That's in a simple statement what the church is charged to do. And we can put all kinds of other stuff On the the agenda. Instead of doing that. And uh, our passage today is really Jesus' word and and challenging word to really be real Christian community. To be in those kind of of relationships that uh, we can have with, with one another. Where we do help encourage, challenge, correct one another. Hold one another accountable. Confess to one another. Forgive one another. All in the power of Jesus. That's what his word is to us for what the church needs to be about. It's in Luke chapter 17, starting with verse 1. It's found on page 852 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Let's... uh, Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your written word. We thank you as it speaks to us of your truth. And and we we ask that you'll be speaking to each of us and to us as a community and calling us forward so that we can better fulfill your your desires for us. That, That we will better help one another to obey you So that you might be glorified, that we might experience the fullness of life that you have for us, and and might be a witness to the the world around us of your truth and grace and beauty. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, uh, Luke chapter 17, starting with verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were tied around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, so you see, especially in these first four chapters, this real sense of uh, accountability in Christian community. You know, the, the first point that, that he makes is, you know, it's really sort of do no harm. When you're in community, do no harm. That you realize that what you say and what you do influences others and what you really don't want your influence to be is something that would cause another brother or sister another fellow disciple to sin you 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 don't want that to happen you you if you you do that it'd be better for you to have a concrete necklace and go jump in the ohio river that's pretty stark terms for jesus to say no that that's but that's the importance of our community with one another and it's a, a huge corrective on, the, and you will see this in this, these passages. This is a huge corrective on the the, the hyper individualism of our day, right? You know, the, the hyper individualism that just says, you know, as long as I do what I'm doing and what I want to do, and I'm not, you know, harming anybody else, and I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. And Jesus says, no. You know, we, we have responsibility. We influence and impact others by what we say and do in the church. And we have to, to recognize that influence. We have to recognize that influence. And he's, he's talking particularly within the church, but could just as easily be talking about our witness to life to non-Christians as well. Now, then, if that weren't, weren't enough, then, then in verse 3 says, Now, but be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. Now, don't just be concerned about that you don't lead another to sin, but in your relationships with one another, if you see another who, who is going down harm's way, who is following a life of, of sin, then you need to stand up and correct them. Jesus just gone from preaching to meddling now, right? I mean, this is foreign stuff in our age. This is foreign in the American church that we would see our relationships in, in this way. And, and this is a huge, another huge correction to our society today, right? Because you, you, you hear this, and even you know, the, the terms that are used here are even more harsh, you know, rebuke one another. I, I've even softened it. I said, well, that's correct one another. You know, I am Southern, you know, so we correct. That that's a a real corrective again to the individualism of our day that that says, you know, no judgments allowed. You know, that any any kind of correction like that is is judgmental. Well, you've got a couple things to think about with that. One is, again, remember, he is, he is talking within the church. So this is a group, this is a community of people who have made commitments and vows to one another when when uh, new covenant partners join the congregation we take vows uh, to, with one another that we're going to encourage and support one another to obey Jesus to follow after Jesus when when people are baptized we, we they take vows and we take vows with them you know promises of being in community and in uh, at weddings when uh, when folks have weddings you know I'll regularly we'll stop the the wedding and I'll talk to everybody that's there and say glad you're here enjoy the meal afterwards but you you're here right now for this purpose and that is that you're promising to support this husband and wife. And when you see one going the wrong way, it's your job to stand up and say, hey, no. Yeah, That's part of our vows and promises that we make as the community of Jesus followers. And, and it's, not, it's not in to be judgmental. But it is making a judgment. And, and I propose to you that you know, if you uh, correct me, and you, you make a judgment you know, that what I'm doing is uh, sinful, it's harmful to God and to me, and you tell me that, and I respond to you, you know, I think you're judgmental. Isn't that a judgment that I just made? You know, am I being judgmental when I call you judgmental? You know, so it's sort of like this catch-22. Therefore, we should we just never have any kind of influence on another? Of course not. Of course we do. And that's what Jesus calls us to. Now... But that kind of conversation, that kind of relationship takes trust. It's not something that just happens. I was uh, sharing with some folks uh, this week preparing for this, and they said, so you're going to have us in our pews just turn to one another and sort of correct each other and then confess? And and I'm like, no. It's not magic. It doesn't work that way. It takes relationships of trust and dependence that we grow into. I mean, this is much easier to say and preach about than to do. Yeah, so for, for today, I got the easy job on, on this side of the platform. And, and this must be filled with, with the grace of Jesus. And, and when it is... When it is, then it leads to something that's not pleasant, but it is beautiful. When um, friends of mine have corrected me, and they've put in my face my own sin, my own selfishness, they had the, the, the guts to do that. Ultimately, that became a gift of healing. You know, like most surgeries, that they're not pleasant, and they're, they're bloody and yucky in the beginning, but in the end, they lead to healing and to health. And ultimately, when we have those kind of relationships, we point one another to the cross. And that's, that's where we go together. It's, it's not a me and you kind of fight it out. It's a let's go to the cross together. Let's go to Jesus together. That, that is Christian community for the glory of God. Now, then the third thing that Jesus says, probably maybe the most difficult then uh, and if, after you've rebuked the offender, and if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. Just as you must rebuke, so too you must forgive. Even if it's seven times a day. I mean, this is... Again, I don't know if we've gone from preaching to meddling. I don't know what this is. This is nuclear here. But you, you, we understand why Jesus is saying this, right? I mean, the one who is the only purely innocent one who forgives us every time that we seek his confession, every time that we repent, then when two forgiven sinners forgiving one another every time we repent to one another, magnifies the glory of the cross and the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Now again, th- this is so easy to say, but so difficult to do. And I, I know that in, in this room, there will be plenty of us who are, who are struggling with this right now. You know, we're struggling with some, some part of this of, of saying, you know, there's another who I know who is traveling down a, a path of destruction. And I want to bring a word of correction. I want to bring a word of warning. I mean, we can have a whole series of sermons just on that. And then there, there are others um, of us who some have repented, and it's a, a ma- the, the journey of forgiveness doesn't happen magically. I mean, when you've been hurt by someone you, you love and trust, to move back into that doesn't just happen instantaneously. There's the work of forgiveness. And, and it's not something that you know, we can talk about one on a hundred. You know, it's, it's something where each one of us, if we're in an acute situation like that, now's the time to you know, come to me, to, to Pastor Dennis. Come to the, the care center over here with Gene Schneider. We, we have whole um, tools and, and things that just help us understand the, the pathways of speaking the truth in love. The, the pathways of, of living in forgiveness and working through that forgiveness. And so I, I encourage you, if today the Lord has laid something on your, your heart in that way, again, to, to come to us, to come to the care center, to meet with counselors there. who would love to walk with you and per, help one another to live into this, this reality. And it may be at the conclusion of the service, I'll uh, mention it again, but we have a prayer room just to your right as you go into the, the atrium and there will be somebody there that would love to pray with you and for you. You know, in that particular need. But this uh, pursuit of Christian community that, that includes recognizing the influence we have on others And not tempting others to sin. That recognizes our responsibility to correct one another. And then the call of Jesus to forgive one another. That is hard work that doesn't happen because we have the fortitude to do it. And I think that's why, I think the disciples knew that. That's why in verse 5, then they cry out, Help! Help! You got to increase my faith for this one. Help, Lord. I mean, I, I, it is. It is this is the first time I really saw this as I was looking at this passage. You know, we know this passage. You just got to have the faith of a mustard seed. You know, we, we say that regularly. It's a pretty common phrase. I never realized it was in this context of being in Christian community, of being in this kind of real relationships that uh, spiritual relationship. I just never realized it was there. In order to do this, it, it's, it's not because of our tools. It's not because of our abilities or our wisdom. It is because of the work of the Holy Spirit who is in us, making us more and more like Jesus, empowering us to live according to the ways of Jesus and the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection that has destroyed the dividing any dividing walls between us and God and has destroyed sin and death, yeah, that only happens because our faith and our trust and our direction is in Jesus. So it's, it's about not just me and, and you, it is us seeking Jesus together. And it's not even the, the amount of faith we can conjure up. This is one of the beautiful things of this part of the passage. It's, it's not that I've got to develop a lot of faith. It's that I just need a little bit, but my faith has got to be in Jesus. It's not the amount of my faith. It's the object. And even if i got a little bit of faith, let's just say Jesus was this platform, and i got a little bit of faith that it's going to hold me up. I, then, If i got just a little bit of faith, I'll step on it. It might take me a long time to get to the other side. But I'll step on it, and I'll try it out, and I'll keep going. Oh, it just made a creak. I might take a step back. But I'm going to believe that this, is, this can hold me up, even though it might be a journey. And isn't that the journey of the church? On, on thin ice, or what we think is thin ice, that actually is you know, 10 feet thick. That Jesus calls us to, to walk across with one another towards Him. Now again, it's, it's a hard, you know, hard journey. And I, I can't go into all the, the, the details because of, of time. And each one of these points takes a particular... Could take could take um, weeks even to, to walk through. And if you, you find yourself particularly in one of those areas... You know, hear God's call in this moment and take that little bit of step on the platform. And, and walk into whatever, if it's correction or forgiveness, whatever it might be. That's what Jesus is calling the church to be. Now, um, this also is a, a, a real emphasis of our denomination. You know, the covenant order of evangelical Presbyterians. That we want to be a community that are making disciple, making disciples. You know, that we, we are in relationships um, like this. And so and we're really pursuing that in our leadership and with session and, and staff. And, and you'll be hearing more about how we're trying to, to live into that and how, how we can help encourage these kind of relationships um, with, with one another. Um, it is interesting that one of the the churches in the world that is that is growing in, in terms of growing deeper and, and wider is the church in Iran, and um, uh, actually, is um, Doctor um, uh, Busby who was. Uh, or Buffy, who used to be a pastor down in Winton Hills, is actually and, and s- served on the mission field in, in Pakistan and regularly travels to that part of the world. And it was in Iran about six months ago. And and he came back and was saying, you know, the church in Iran is just taking off. It's, it's amazing how it's growing. Now, I didn't... didn't Nobody wants to be; would choose to be Christian in Iran. You know, I mean, it's just not a safe place. They're not building churches or anything like that, but they're meeting in homes and they're meeting secretly in small groups. And in in their meetings, when they gather together to have church, um, they they first pray, and then the next step they call accountability time. And there's really two questions that they ask one another and they they share these questions and they answer one another. This is the this is their, in a sense, order of worship, you know, when they gather. The first first question is, um, what did you what you do this week in terms of sharing the gospel with people? How would you share I mean, how did you influence others positively for the, with the good news of Jesus? In word or deed. Recognizing you got influence with others, like Jesus said. We don't want to cause folks to sin. Matter of fact, we want to influence them for the positive. And then they go through that. Then the next question after they've shared that is, uh, um, what were the sins that you committed or what were the sins that you walked away from this week? And then they share that. It's a whole lot easier just to have Bev up here saying, let's confess our sins to God, isn't it? You know, that's just a whole, whole lot easier. But in these ways, it gets real and down and dirty in a, a hurry. And then they, but then they still go through the same thing. Of they share it and then they confess before God and seek His forgiveness. Those are their their, their two questions. And that's a a church in a part of the world that is anything uh, but encouraging to the the, the church to grow. And yet there is where the church is exploding. I was reminded as I was preparing this of an old phrase by Richard Foster that I, I, I took and just expanded on. As we consider being church... And moving across the the, the ice with one another. Trusting in in Jesus. May, May we love and forgive always. May we encourage and influence often. And may we correct when necessary. Let's love and forgive always. Let us encourage and influence often and let us correct when necessary. To God be the glory. Amen.